Do you have a passion for photography? Or would you like to be able to take high-quality photos of your family? Or maybe you just want to step up your Instagram game and learn how to take pictures that pop. I get it. This topic is really important to me because having knowledge of what makes a great photo has actually helped me build my business, and it's something I continue to take an interest in. My guest today is very talented, and I've really loved getting to work with her over the years. Her name is Valerie Darling. She is one of the country's top wedding photographers and also shoots lifestyle and fashion photos. Her photography career actually stemmed from a passion for social activism. At 24, she co-founded an arts-based program for foster children in South Central LA, and it was during this time that she picked up a camera to document her work, and she found her calling. She's recently launched her own agency, Darling Collective, consisting of a team of talented associate photographers she's trained over the years. She is also an educator who hosts photography workshop retreats. Her work has been in Us Weekly, Elle, Martha Stewart, and more, and today she's going to share her best tips and tricks with you. The way I like to shoot is very lifestyle. I definitely want to get that like Christmas card, clean, classic shot. But I think it's really important to kind of capture what's naturally happening because as soon as you try to force, it's like the children can sense your, you know, desperation for this photo and they're just like, oh yeah, I'm going to go crazy. So I think it's really important to kind of just capture what's happening. And um, if, you know, let's say your little one's having a meltdown, like just capturing like you soothing Liam, like that to me is also like a really beautiful memory that you're going to want to keep. From our conversation, you'll learn how to take great pictures on your iPhone, the best camera for beginner photographers on a budget, and how to get your kids to cooperate during a family photo shoot. This is Lauren Conrad asking for a friend. Hello, Val. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Okay, I want to hop right into it because we have so much to cover. The first thing that I want to start out with is kind of your story of how you got into photography because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in a way, I think you're sort of self-taught. Definitely. I'm self-taught. Yeah. That's crazy. School of YouTube. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, some of the photographers that I know, some of the most talented ones didn't go to school for it, which is so interesting. Yeah. And it's actually something that I think kind of held me back in the beginning because I was afraid to really own that I was a photographer because I was self-taught. I was like, well, I didn't go to school for it. So I can't say that I'm a photographer. Um, but yeah, it definitely is. It was a lot of trial and error in the beginning. But I think because it was, you know, started as a hobby and a passion, I also had that freedom to make mistakes and just have fun and be creative and and that's kind of how I kind of honed in on my, you know, my like my eye and everything. Yeah. I, I wonder if in a way not attending school in like a traditional way allows you to do things your own way. Yeah. There's just this creative freedom to it, you mm -hmm. know. And um, and for me, I feel like I've always been a very creative person and I've always had so many passions. So what was fun about it, it's like I realized that photography was so many of the things that I'm good at, like the Swiss Army knife, but in one. It was like I get to be <laughs> the choreographer and the art director and the, the you know. Um, so that to me was really fun because it was so many of the things that I felt like I was talented in, but in one, and it was kind of the first time I felt like, oh, wow, this is my calling. This is what I'm maybe best at. I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense when you're able to apply like multiple skills and you're like, oh, this is such a perfect fit. And it's so exciting when you find that. And you spent a little bit of time in front of the camera before, right? 
Yeah, a little bit. I grew up um, acting and dancing, and um, so that's actually what brought me to L.A. originally and also kind of what led to all the random side job hustles. Um, And um, so, yeah, there was a little bit of time with that with – you know, so I think that also I learned kind of I could see what the photographers were doing and kind of what they wanted out of me. And so that definitely helped, too, is seeing kind of like learning the direction and the behind the scenes. Um, so, yeah, that definitely was kind of a part of it. But it's definitely not where I wanted to stay. I'm like, get me behind the camera. <laughs> of, no, of course not. But it, it's it's so interesting. It's like when you work in multiple positions in an industry, it's so beneficial. And, you know, one example is like. I worked years in retail, which might not seem like it helps you as a designer, but just knowing like where your product will end up and you know like where customers see value and that interaction, like that's really what matters. And I think the fact that you spent time in front of the camera makes you a better photographer. And I know just having worked with you and watched you work, it really helps you. Um, I think the person you're photographing feels so much more comfortable because you're like, oh, I've been there. I understand. You have a better understanding of like, you know, the way you feel in front of a camera. And I think you make people feel really comfortable in that way. Um, Thank you. Yeah. But I, it's the same, same thing where like when an actor becomes a director, they have Mm -hmm. just a better understanding. Yeah. Well, and I remember when we've been on, you know, set and we're shooting one of your lines, that's been so fun to watch. You, you're so hands-on with everything, whether it's like steaming the dresses or getting in there styling. And I feel like you have like, because of your background and like you said, retail and um, interning at fashion places, I just feel like you like you going through up the ranks, you've learned that too. And you're like, there's no job that you're not going to like step in and like, I can do this. And like, that to me is also very inspiring. Thank you, Val. I mean, yes, I think we're very similar in that way. We're like shoot days and and days, you know, those really busy days where you got to, you got to wear all the hats. Like those are the fun days. Yes. And you can't be, I mean, it's not, I shouldn't necessarily like be steaming an entire collection because that's not the best use of my time. (laughs) But like, I don't think you should ever be above stepping Mm -hmm. in to do quick tasks like that. hundred percent. So anyway, sorry, bringing it back to you. (laughs) I I just wanted to take a moment there because I think that that's, that's really interesting. So you picked up a camera and you were like, I like this. I'm going to do this. Like, yeah. what were your first steps in in deciding this was like a career path for you? Yeah. So, I, you know, it started as just being like the paparazzi of the friend group. You know, I was always on with the camera. I loved the feeling of giving the images out. At the time, people would always be like, oh, really? You're taking another picture? But I think everyone <laughs> always loved having those moments after. And that was so gratifying to me. And then, um, you know, I my photography career didn't – I never considered it as a, a – you know, something that I could do for real. Um, And it just wasn't on my radar. But when um, I started, I co-founded a nonprofit when I moved to LA, um, just to kind of, you know, be of service again, I felt like I was lacking that in that community. We needed photographers all the time. And I was constantly needing, you know, imagery and kind of had run out of my favors and finally was like, well, you know, I love taking pictures, like I'll just get a nicer camera. And I just, once I did, I just like didn't look back. And I think for me, numbers and the mechanics of a DSLR camera were always very intimidating. But once I, again, like gave myself the freedom to learn slowly and just, you know, trial and error, like shoot 
a friend and then mm-hmm. be like, well, that didn't work. What what happened there? That lighting was weird. And then going and just researching it and then, you know, slowly um, building my understanding of the mechanics of the camera. Um, I, it freed me up to, yeah, to, to be self-taught and to like then finally step into being like, wow, this is what I love. This is what I'm, I've like figured this out now and I love it. And it's just kind of like abundance. And I found that when abundance is happening it's like gosh maybe I'm supposed to go this direction even mm-hmm. though I'm like trying to make this thing happen here but like this door is wide open so yeah that's I, I think that one of the most important things about being a photographer is having a vision having a style and if you I mean nowadays we're so lucky with YouTube and the internet and you can look up anything mm-hmm. if, if you kind of already have like the last chapter written it's really easy to like go back and be like how do I get there Okay, so and you actually teach workshops as well. Yeah, so basically that's one of the things I've always loved is inspiring and being able to help others. And I think because my journey to get to where I am now was definitely one that was, you know, a little bit kind of a windy road. I learned a lot of the things that you, you know, I learned by a lot of mistakes. And so I feel like I've now come to have systems and kind of a program that really works really well for me um, in a business sense. But then also just creatively inspiring the like finding your own voice and photography and like what makes someone stand out in such a saturated market and and um and just yeah again I always crave that community so it's been really amazing to be able to be of service and and kind of and educate but um again in a way that is it's not it's it's freeing people up to to learn but not necessarily like this is you have to do it exactly this yeah. way you know and because that is more approachable for me and I think that's you know so the people that that works for that you know it's it's a it's a fun opportunity yeah. and is the are the workshops you do so you do them twice a year mm-hmm. is that correct and do you do them is this for like professional photographers aspiring like what typically who attends a workshop you would do yeah mainly well it's it's broken to three different days so okay. the first one is really basically it's um all about you know the the business of just a creative career and just how to like you know different systems and goal setting and things like that just to kind of keep people on track but it is more focused on um, photographers, but in a wide range, you know, since we broke up the the course of of the kind of like retreat workshop, it's it's nice because you could just come for a day and be like, oh, I just want to learn like the business side because really, I mean, being able to shoot beautiful images with there's so many amazing things out there that kind of everyone can kind of like pick up a phone and create yeah. a pretty image, which is so awesome. But to learn the the business side and the backside of it is really what keeps a business sustainable. And so for me, that has been like the most exciting and gratifying thing to be able to share with people because it's changed. I feel like, oh my gosh, this will change your life. If you just did these two different things, like this would, you know, build your business and, and then free you up to have like your life back because in the beginning, it's such a hustle. And, you know, again, it's like you're drinking from a fire hose. You're trying to learn all the things and you're like, <laughs> oh, how do I, how do I, you know, and my average bedtime in the beginning was like 4 a.m. It was not no, healthy. No. Not good. No. no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so I had to, um, you know, figure out how to, like, streamline everything. And so that's been really great to share. And then we do a shoot day, which is all about basically creating, you know, portfolio images for people to kind of like build build their book and and learn how to pose and direct and shoot and just see the production of a shoot and then the last day is all about kind of like the sales and marketing and um, how to like pitch your work to be published and and all of that so 
it's nice because it's kind of works for all different people. And and then, you know, if you don't have access to every single day or the, the funds, it's, it's kind of nice because you can just pop in for a little moment of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they think of having a career in photography, they're more focused on photography and less on career. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, it's just as important. I think that's great. Yeah. And I, as, I think when someone's in a creative field and they're an artist, a lot of times it is, it, it's hard to do both. So it's it's important to learn the business side of it. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of people can pick up their phone, mm-hmm. which is and I agree with you. It's so great, and um, and I think that there's so many tools right now that that kind of. I mean, I know I'll take like a like a really average photo, and then I'll drop it through like a few different apps, and I'm like, dang, that looks good now. You're like, all right, send it to the uh, new iPhone campaign. <laughs> I mean, no, it's more like put it on Instagram. <laughs> but um, I, what are your top tips for someone who's not necessarily a photographer, but would just like to improve their like everyday photo taking skills? Yeah, on an iPhone. Yeah, on an iPhone. Yeah. So first of all, I would say probably clean your lens. I feel like you know that's a lot of times the number one start there have a nice clean slate you never know where your phone's been and then from there there's basically um you can put a grid on your viewfinder so you can actually look at at framing things properly making sure they're straight and your horizon like if you're looking at the ocean it's not like tilted and like the ceiling things like that just so that you can learn composition and rule of thirds and things like that so i was gonna ask do you go by rule of thirds i do i mean i definitely it just depends what is happening, but that is something that I I do use. Yeah. yeah, and I always look for leading lines. So if I'm shooting somewhere, what's, what's a leading line? A leading line would be like a row of trees or a street or something that kind of draws your eye down it, like a canal. Oh, okay. Um, so if you're shooting down a leading line, it just creates a point of interest, and also typically it frames the subject really well. So that's something that. Is I'll you know when I'm looking I'm looking for nice even light I'm looking for those leading lines and so I think those are a couple tips that would be great. So okay so I I actually didn't know you could put a grid on your photos mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a big believer in, in the rule of thirds only because I took a photography class in high school and it's like the one thing that stuck with me like I couldn't tell you anything about aperture mm-hmm. and like it was back when we would go into like the dark room and actually develop our photos. But that was like the one thing that stuck with me. And I really do think it makes a photo more pleasing to look at. How do you put a grid? <laughs> How do I do I this? <laughs> I can do I do it in post and I do the thing where I, I balance anything. I really like symmetry. I like things to be um, you know, horizons and stuff yeah. to be even. But um Yeah, I, that's definitely something that also works in, you know, in post too. So you're gonna open your settings app. And then from there, you're going to tap on photos and camera or just camera if you're using like a different iOS, just depending on what version you're on. And then you'll find grid and toggle toggle it on from there. Oh, I found grid. Did you see it? Oh, and I turned it on. Okay. Amazing. That's it? And then you just return to the camera app and you'll find a faint grid over the capture of your frame. Oh, there you go. I didn't even know. <laughs> Thanks, Val. Changing lives every day. I didn't know. <laughs> now I do. All right, cool. Thank you. Amazing. So you said your top tips are using the grid, cleaning your lens, which is funny because it's not something I would think of, but it can ruin a photo. Yes, yeah. it definitely can. So that, and then, yeah, again, um, and then looking for even open shade or just even lighting. Um, you know, if you're near a lot of greenery, it'll probably pick up green on your face, things like that. So just being aware of your surroundings and and trying to find places that aren't as distracting, you know, when you're shooting those. 
Do you prefer natural light? Do you like look for something with like a white wall next to it for a bounce? Like what's your go-to for lighting? Yes, that's a great yeah, great tip. Oh, so yeah, it was like love those natural <laughs> reflectors. Yeah. Um. So yeah, anything with like a white wall nearby or um, sand is a great natural reflector. Um. If there's a lot of shadows casting under my subject's eye, I might even have them kind of like squat down, get near like closer to the you know whatever it yeah. is like the asphalt or whatever it is to kind of like reflect the sand, um, to reflect the light up if you don't have a bounce, um, things like that. But I also love just like clean walls, like you said, like a fun, um, playful, colorful wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, finding things with a, I think if you don't have a lot of people and distractions around you, I feel like it always creates a better image. It's just waiting for, you know, kind of the right moment. And also for me, I think it's really important to, to like, f- it, when I'm finding my like viewpoint of the story and of the brand or whatever it is that I'm capturing, I always like to kind of take it in first. So if I'm traveling and I'm experiencing a new place, it's like I want to experience the sounds, the smells, the taste, like all of those things before I'm just like start to shoot the classic like, oh, here's this thing. I need to do this on my shot list. It's like I want to find that inspiration and what is my unique angle, you know, about this experience. I feel like that's also just a healthy relationship with your phone and photography because you're right like a lot of times when people go to they're they're experiencing something really cool or they're in a new place they immediately pull out their phone Mm -hmm. and I do the same thing where like I do try and experience it first before trying to capture it and I know sometimes you miss stuff but that's okay because you got to enjoy it well you you have your own like mental there you go yeah that special photo album in your head yeah Who doesn't love a good subscription box? From food boxes to wellness boxes, they're all the rage. So what about a subscription box for your kids that's fun, educational, and helps them develop creative confidence to change the world? KiwiCo is a convenient, affordable way to encourage your children to be anything they want to be. Each month, you will receive a new box containing all the supplies you'll need for that month's project, detailed, easy-to-follow instructions written for kids, and an educational magazine to learn even more about that crate's theme. There's no commitment, and you can cancel anytime. Monthly options start at $19.95 a month, including shipping. And my listeners can go to kiwico.com slash for a friend and get your first month free. Every day counts when it comes to making a difference, so don't miss out on this amazing opportunity. Again, go to kiwico.com slash for a friend and get your first month free. Again, that's kiwico.com slash for a friend. A big question I got asked over and over, and this is actually a question I have for myself as well, selfishly, (laughs) not asking for a friend, asking for myself. Love it. You shoot a lot of families, correct? Yeah, I do. Okay. Less so now, right? I'm guessing. Yeah. So I now have a a team that kind of handles a lot of the family photography. Okay. What are your top tips for doing a family photo? I so, know there's a there's a lot of them. And when I mean that, I mean like what should a person have prepared? Like if they decide to shoot a, a Christmas card or, you know, they, yeah. they bring in a, pro- a professional photographer. Like everything from putting outfits together to like actually capturing that mm-hmm. photo. And I know a lot of that has to do with like taming children. And I don't <laughs> even know how you do that, especially when there's multiple ones. Well, 
I think that's actually part of it. It's mm-hmm. kind of leaning into not – I – my type of – like the way I like to shoot is very lifestyle. I definitely want to get that like Christmas card, clean, classic shot. But I think it's really important to kind of capture what's naturally happening because as soon as you try to force – it's like the children can sense your, you know, desperation <laughs> for this photo and they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go crazy. So I think it's really important to kind of just capture what's happening and um, if, you know, let's say your little one's having a meltdown, like just capturing like you soothing Liam, like that to me is also like a really beautiful memory that you're going to want to keep. And, you know, you can, I can also be like, turn around so you can't tell that he's screaming. And it's just like you having this sweet cuddle moment. And, um, but I think it's also important to bring like a little wrangler, you know, like a, 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 a family, a, just like a family member oh, or a an assistant. <laughs> yeah. A little wrangler. I think when you have just the photographer, a lot of times they're trying to like, again, wear all the hats. They're being like the clown to make them laugh, yeah. but also take – so they're, you know, whether it's doing funny like animal sounds and fart yeah. noises or whatever, <laughs> and you're just being a complete fool. Yeah. Um, or, you know – squeaking a toy it's like it's just a funny thing so trying to manage all of that it's hard then harder for a photographer to keep you know the the proper composition and um and like you know camera shake can happen obviously if you're running in and so it's nice if you have someone there to assist to kind of keep um energy up and um personalities going and and so then the parents aren't also looking down being like are you looking because i'm like now i have the kids and now you're looking down so it's it's important to i think have you know just help. Um, Also, when you have animals to have, you know, them in them and then maybe someone who can take them for a portion of it. So it's not like, again, like you're, you know, looking at the dog tied up, like, is he okay? So, (laughs) you know, it's always managing a lot. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think that it's really just about kind of capturing what's happening. Yeah, that's a good tip. I, so it's just asking like a friend or maybe a grandparent to like come along. It's not something yeah. you would think of, but you're right. Like having someone stand behind you being like, look here. Da, da. Yeah. And actually someone, you know, like a child might not know you as a person, but right. someone who's familiar to them, they're probably more likely to like give a happy expression or. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even bother with pets. I've, tr- <laughs> I've tried to bring our dogs into family photos and it's like, there's no way you're getting everybody. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but it's also like that's so they're your babies too. They're special. You I know make sure you, they're yeah. they are our babies, and I do have like candid, really great photos for them, but they just haven't made the card yet because <laughs> because like the little one fits always ruins a photo. He's always like yawning in the really great shot, and I'm like, come on, dude, come on, <laughs> little head swap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, because we just recently adopted a third dog, um, because. <laughs> We want to punish ourselves. We're saving the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I've been trying to get photos of all three. It's just it's not happening. Like I have the treats. I have like chicken in my hand, and I'm like, come on, guys. I'm just I could do two. <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like Fitz and Chloe were pretty tr- well trained. Like Chloe is a pro. Yeah, like, like, she gets the shot every time. <laughs> she knows like she nails every shot. I'm and I'm just like she set a really high bar. Fitz is okay. I usually like because she's really got it down like I can try and get one of him but the new girl she is just she's not she's got to get with the program well she's she's, <laughs> she's got some yeah big she's a baby it's we'll, we'll forgive her big fills to shoe she's got, tell. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay and then is there anything like do you recommend if you're gonna hire a photographer and do um whether it be a family shoot or an engagement shoot or anything like do you recommend people get their hair and makeup professionally done or is it more natural if they do it themselves does it depend on the person I think it just depends on the person okay. I think it's kind of nice if um you know it's a 
family photos and, and photos in general are an investment in yourself. And so I think it's it's nice to be able to be like, hey, and then let's have like a date night after this and <laughs> feel dolled up. If you're already managing a lot of things, it's, I think that is great. And there's so many services that can come to you and um, make it easy. So I always recommend that. Um, yeah, you want to feel like your best self. I, I agree with that. I think some people are really good at their own hair and makeup. And, they, and I think hopefully they're self-aware and they can know to skip it or go for it. Definitely. Um, but I agree. Like if you're investing in, in the time and money of having a photographer, like also yeah. you do different hair and makeup for, for on camera than you do life. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it kind of just depends on, but yeah, I think typically it is a little bit more, um, more yeah. than you typically Yeah, I was going to say, I, yeah. go, I go, he- <laughs> go heavy handed yeah. for a photo. <laughs> My last kind of big question is um, regarding like fashion shoots. Whether it be you shooting like a campaign or just someone who's – you do a lot of like lifestyle or whether they're a blogger or influencer, like what are some tips you have for that? Like is it – does it have a lot to do with location or like how do you like kind of nail those shots? Like what do you feel makes a big difference? I think it's about just the prep going in to have an understanding of what the client wants, whether it's a brand or um, like a personal brand or a lifestyle brand, what whatever um, – I'm shooting. I want to make sure that I really understand kind of like the ethos of the company and and what we're all trying to kind of like create. So it's like a teamwork collaboration. Um, and so creating like mood boards and and then obviously lo- location is very important. So, but I think it's about um, just communicating with the client and you know if it's a whimsical romantic shoot, maybe it's like a vineyard and yeah. you know a chateau, <laughs> or if it's, it's something that's just like obviously a like a product a line of products is probably just going to be shot in a studio. But um, but yeah, just I think having that open dialogue. So I look at every um, shoot as just like a collaboration. And we're both, um, I, I want to make sure that I'm doing my best to understand what it is to, to create the imagery that you're, you know, dreaming up. And this is this is actually a real question because I want to know this. I love real questions. It's a real question. <laughs> um, I have recently been kind of looking into cameras again. I haven't bought yes. a professional camera in like eight or nine years. And I just – I pulled mine out and I was like, I should probably upgrade this if I want to like start – because I love taking pictures on my phone, but I, I do want to start trying to take it seriously again, especially with another child coming in. Like, I really heavily depended on friends to photograph Liam. And I'm like, I would like to have, like, a professional camera around to be able to capture those on my own. Do you have a favorite camera that you would recommend for a beginner, ideally one that's not insanely expensive? Yeah. Um, or maybe you have two options where it's, like, one on a budget and one if you just – Right. Is, which is the best. I don't know. Yeah. So I would say that it's really about investing in the lenses. That's the most – like my biggest tip. Um, okay. But my – what I started on was – I'm a Canon girl. So um, I started with the Canon Rebel series. So at that point when I started, it was the T3i. I think there's different series of it now. I think it's now like the T6i or something. Okay. But um, that's – you know, it has the interchangeable lenses. And I think – you know, it's under $1,000. I think um, I got mine um, – you know, on sale, on sale, and I think it was like four hundred dollars at the time. But typically, I think they're around like seven or eight hundred. Or my biggest tip is definitely to get the fixed fifty one point eight uh, lens. lens. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> so the fifty millimeter one point eight is a great starter lens. It's really light. It's easy to bring on. Tra- you know, to travel with. It's the best portraiture. Um, 
lens. There's no distortion. It's really crisp and a lot of bokeh, you know, so it's it's a perfect lens to start with. And then, you know, there's different series of that. So it can go, the aperture can go up to 1.2 and that's kind of like a professional grade lens. But I think starting just with the, we call it like the nifty 50, um, <laughs> it's so, it's so great. Um, you know, it's definitely won't zoom in and out. Um, so if you're wanting that versatility, then you'd want to get a different kind of zoom lens. But the kit lenses that they come with are typically not good. Not good. I'm okay. just like, yeah. Oh, so no, that's good to know because I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. But I'm loving, honestly, I mean, I am so deeply invested in Canon, but Sony is coming out with some really cool stuff um, with the mirrorless. And so what's really cool about that is you're able, when you're looking through the viewfinder, if you're kind of getting into manual mode and things and you're, you know, maybe like, you know, sometimes when we're moving too fast, you take the photo and you don't realize, oh, shoot, it's really underexposed or really overexposed. What's cool about the mirrorless is it's um, what you're – what if you were looking in um, what they call live mode, if you push the button, you can, like, see what the photo will actually look like. Yes. Yoni just told me about this. Yeah. Because I was asking him as well. Um, sorry, our, our friend who's also a photographer yes. had, had, had recommended that one as well. Yeah, and so okay. it's neat because when you're looking through the viewfinder, it'll actually show you what the image will look like. Great. And so that's, I mean, I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, cameras for dummies. I'm like, this is awesome. I want one. So yeah, but uh, yeah, so I, I really think it's about the lenses and um, and then you can kind of build from there. Yeah. Okay, that's great advice. I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought that the the lens was more not more important than the camera, but it's that important. I would yeah, probably just use whatever that, came with it. You want that good glass. Our, I no, love that, that makes sense. Yeah. I love that you're getting into photography again. I remember on our like trips in I Thailand know. you were like grabbing the camera and like going and I'm like, Yeah, girl. But I, I love shooting. I just don't have an understanding. Like I don't have the education behind it and I could get it. It's just you know, time consuming. So now that you know a little bit more about Val, we're going to take some questions from you. You'll learn how to get the best lighting without professional equipment, the secret to taking a great engagement photo, and the best time of day to take a picture. So my first question from Arlie is, when is the best time of day to take pictures if you're using natural daylight? Great question. I would just live in magic hour if I could. It's 30 minutes before sunset. It's when everything is just that dreamy, creamy light. Um, it's soft and you can kind of shoot any direction and it's the prettiest. And also they have that kind of magic hour light um, at desk too, like right before the sun comes up. It's again, that like 30 minute window. I mean, you got to be committed to yeah. do that. I'm definitely more of that sunset kind of situation, but yeah. I agree with you. And and I, I love, love, love Magic Hour. And it's so funny when they try and replicate it like in like a full day shoot. You're like you you just have to wait for those 30 minutes. Yep. You have them and then they're gone. But yeah. And it happens fast. So a little window. So fast. You have to be ready. Especially at the beach, Magic Hour. It's just everything. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. It's like everyone just looks golden and your skin looks so nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's just an essence to it that you can't replicate. It's true. Yeah, you can't fake it. I mean, you can put a bunch of filters on it and kind of give that feel, but it's just yeah, it is magic. Um, I'm glad you said that because that that's what I always thought. <laughs> You're like, I'm right. <laughs> well, no, I just like I I really love magic hour light. Um, yeah. Okay, and then uh, Nikki asked, how do you get the best lighting without professional equipment? So again, it would be kind of to piggyback off our last question. Yeah. It would just be to shoot in 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 kind of natural, even open shade. But the best times of the day is really the most important. If you can shoot it, you know, 
just as the sun's going down or just as, um, you know, when things are evenly lit, you know, if there's a little cloud coverage or something that kind of creates, um, but again, it goes, it goes with whatever kind of like mood or style you're trying to shoot. Maybe you want that kind of edgy, um, you know, direct sunlight too. So it just depends kind of what your style is, but I typically just like even light. Would you ever recommend, like on a lot of shoots, I don't think this counts as professional equipment, but a lot of times people have like a white poster board to bounce the light off. Oh, yeah. I, I actually do that. Like if we're on shoots, even if I'm using an iPhone, sometimes like, and I'll grab like a white pillow or a blanket and just kind of hold it low so it gets that bounce like kind of yes, under their eyes. Definitely. Um, yeah. If you don't have a reflector, that's yes. perfect. I mean, I don't, I've, I've literally put on a bathrobe at weddings yes. where I'm shooting over the details and I'm just like, let me go in the closet and get that because I'm wearing all black. So things like that because you want to reflect, you want it to reflect. So yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah. yeah. You you mentioned earlier that like if you're shooting around a bunch of greenery that it's going to, I think that people don't necessarily think about their surroundings as affecting the lighting on their mm-hmm. face. But yeah, that's a really Yeah, good even point. what you're wearing. Um, if you're wearing like mm-hmm. a bright coral shirt, it might reflect kind of orangey pink on your face. Yeah. So maybe that's also something to consider when you're selecting outfits to be photographed in. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And then Hannah asked, I actually don't know the answer to this question. I'm very curious. I'm Hannah nervous. asked, is it offensive to re-edit photos once I get them back from a photographer? So I would say that people definitely, you know, take time to develop their style and their, you know, their preset, their look. Um, So I think it's just a conversation to have with that photographer. You know, if um, I think you typically hire the photographer for their look and style. So ideally, I mean, a lot of photographers have it in their contract that you're not allowed to edit it or oh. crop it or, you know, because they shot Small it in Small print. Way. I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, but I, that's not something that's in mind. But I would, I would like, hope that my photos are – they're edited for a reason that way mm-hmm. and you want to showcase your brand and look in that way. And um, so – so I, I I wouldn't say offensive, but um, but I think that yeah, most photographers would prefer you to to not. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if that's something. So you're being really nice, but the answer is I yes. Am it being is nice. It is offensive. I'm like it's a, no. <laughs> so I, I'm going to be honest. I do this sometimes, and it's not necessarily because I don't like how the photo looks. I use it if I do it if I'm using it in social media. Your feed, yeah. Because I want it to go be cohesive in my feed. I never 100%. like like drastically change a photo I might like slightly warm it up or cool Mm -hmm. it down depending um or I might make it just like a touch brighter yeah you definitely Um, have like a you know yeah and I don't I don't do it because I'm like I don't like what you gave me I do it just so it's you know it's it It kind of flows flows. it doesn't stand out or feel funny definitely Um, clearly I've been offending everybody (laughs) (laughs) no sorry sorry if I've ever done that people also realize that I've probably done it to one of your photos and I'm really sorry (laughs) I I think I remember learning your process though when we were in Thailand and I was like no but it makes no and that like that makes sense though because you want it to have like that's the thing it's like you it's it's about a team and it's about you know you want to make sure that you know so yeah and you have a system for your social media which will be different than like the photos that end up on the blog of those course. will be yes. like in my treatment and and that makes sense so okay i'm glad yeah. you're, and i should say that you said thailand um Val actually went with Hannah and I and Yoni on a trip to Thailand for a little market. And that was yeah. one of our last trips. It was so much fun. Yeah. And I we know, got to I do, know. what was it, Texas and and Chicago. And I did Guatemala. I was so sad you couldn't come to that one. But I couldn't know. Was they've I, been some of my favorite trips. I feel like I, had, I was either pregnant or just had one. I was somewhere <laughs> yeah, in there. <laughs> somewhere in there. Um, okay. Emily asked, 
she, or she said, engagement photos can be super awkward slash fake. Any tips on looking genuine in the photos? Good question. It's a great question. <laughs> and I think that really comes down to hiring a photographer you feel comfortable with. Yeah. Because, yeah, sometimes they do feel like, oh, gosh, this is a little awkward or this is. So if you feel natural around the person that you're inviting in to take, you know, these intimate photos, mm-hmm. um, I think that really plays a big role in it. You, I always say you want to hire a photographer that feels like your friend that you'd want to have coffee with that you, you know, that, yeah, past your wedding, you'd want to have a relationship with. It's not just, you know, yeah. someone that you feel like, oh gosh, this guy, I love his work, but like, I feel he's like real weird, you know, <laughs> like he comes around <laughs> and you're like, Ugh. so this weirdo, yeah. I don't want to make out in front of him. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I, I think it's all about just connection. And, and for me, that was actually one of the other things that really helped me take the leap into being like, yes, I'm a photographer. Because I realized that even if someone was, you know, quote unquote, like, you know, had more training and and schooling for, you know, photography and kind of had these other accolades, for me, I realized that I really could kind of have a connection. I could have a connection with someone that no one else could, and I could produce a photo that no one else could. And that was my magic in learning and knowing that. And like, that is my power. It's the connection and relationship that I have with people to make them feel at ease. And that's going to bring out the true natural essence of them, which is what they're wanting to get. Yeah, that's a really good point. I've had, I've worked with, I had a, multiple times I've had photographers like make me cry. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, listen, I was more sensitive back then. But just like, you know, they're like, the hair is not right. The makeup's not right. It's like, it's such a weird move to insult Uh, someone while you're taking their photo. Because they're like, if someone doesn't feel their best or feel comfortable, you're just, it doesn't matter how talented you are. Like, you're not going to nail that photo. Um, So you're right. It is one of those things where like, it's not just about the photo. It's it's so much more. All right. And my last question is from Holly. And she asked, how can I take photos at my friend's wedding without ruining professional shots? And I think... I think she's talking about like when when like the bride and groom or groom and groom or bride or whoever the two people being married are are both down the aisle and then like all the cell phones come into the aisle. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm like about. my palms are sweating and cringing. Like, oh gosh. Yes. yes. Yeah. But I, I also get that people like yeah. I I was there too. Like I know that feeling of like, oh, but I want to get my image, you know, and that's that there's yeah. I don't want to take that away from anyone. So I think it's yeah, it's just knowing that etiquette and um and knowing that maybe don't step in front of the photographer, you know, don't get in the <laughs> aisle. That has actually happened to me. I'm where, sure. You know, there's always um um, um, photographers jokingly call him like the Uncle Bob. I don't know why that just no, became that's a- like a perfect name. Yeah. <laughs> and Uncle Bob always has his like, you know, DSLR camera. And yes. he, I had an Uncle Bob literally stand in front of me for the first kiss. And <gasps> I mean, we got a version of it, but it was like, whoa, whoa, dude. Like, hope you got it because like all I see is your bald head. Um, and that that is, you know, that happens and that is scary. So I think for me, I love when people have unplugged weddings because I do think there is something really nice about people just focusing on taking in. Like, I don't want to take the picture of like, you know, the mom taking an iPhone shot rather than just like holding her husband's hand, like, you know, being emotional, taking it in. That to me is more the shop that I think they'll want and to have to remember it rather than like, here's my like iPad, you know? So, oh God, that's a thing. People don't have their iPhones, they have their iPads that they hold up to take photos. And I think it's so funny. (laughs) It's so funny. But, but I also think it's just, yeah, it's try to maybe either be behind 
um, in if it's just the walking down the aisle moment that she's referring to, then yeah, just try not to stick your arm in the aisle or step into the aisle, um, and don't use flash because that can sometimes you know change the lighting or well, I feel you like know, you should never use flash. Well, again, but if we're you know <laughs> I'm just trying to accommodate for all okay, the people, thanks. but yeah, and um, and and then if it's a, a, a different situation, maybe just be behind the photographer. But again. Okay. That can cause some distractions. No, I so. understand. So yeah. th- th- basically just be aware of where be the aware. photographer is yeah. and try not to get in their shot. Yeah. I've also been to a few weddings recently where the ceremony was se- – they asked, like, please keep your phones away. And then for the reception, it was like, take them out. Go right. crazy. Yeah. And that was nice. Totally. Yeah. But people do want that shot. Oh, they do. They want to be the first and one. And I get it. I get it. Yeah, no, I get it too. Like you're one of your friends is getting married and you're like, oh my God, they look so beautiful. Like yeah. this is magic. You want to capture it. And but- I don't want to take that away from anyone. So – yeah. Again, you're being nice. The answer is don't get in Val's way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using my elbows. Yeah. The fatal elbow of death. And wait, this is just a fun <laughs> fact. I, I had read it when I was going through things. What was the most weddings you had done in one year? It's like a crazy. 43. No, Val. No. It was – It was. what's funny is because at the time I was like, I'm killing it. Yeah. But I was like inside like I'm dying a slow death. <laughs> like, my, like I said, my average bedtime was like 4 a.m. No. I did so many all-nighters. I um, – I, I don't know how I operate. Like a part of me feels like this is actually was preparing me for for having a family one day and having kids because I'm like I feel like I dealt with like sleep deprivation for a couple years, um, but also I don't have any clue. But in my head, I no, it's pretty yeah. close to that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that's actually why I I was like I need to scale back. I'm going to take on. I'm going to be way more intentional about the weddings I take on, and um, so I'm really grateful to work with yeah, like you know, amazing couples and and vendor teams that I love that I believe in that inspire me and so yeah I feel very lucky cool well Val that's our time (laughs) thank you so much thank you so much for listening to today's episode and to my wonderful guest Valerie Darling for more info on Val you can follow her on Instagram at Valerie Darling or at Destination Darling, and check out all of her sites at linktr.ee slash Valerie Darling. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about the show. We will be back next Wednesday with another episode. Talk to you soon. <laughs>